0: Everybody, welcome to episode 117 of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. My name's David Peather. You can call me Fish. With me, as always, is my favorite sack of shit. Connor
1: McDuff. Nice and simple today, nothing too special. How are we doing?
0: That's good, yeah? There's nothing too special because I know you're excited to talk about this one. We're, we're back into the world of Star Wars. Whee! You don't sound excited. Why? What's going on?
1: I don't
0: know, man. I don't really like Star Wars anymore.
1: Fucking lies. I'm fucking excited, okay? (laughs) It's going to be a good chat. Can we kick on with it, please?
0: It's just... I just... You know, that's just not even a joke for you because I know there's only one thing in this world that you like and that's Star Wars. Everything else you've got a problem with, Star Wars is the one thing that you don't care about. But listen, this one... You know, we were all hyped for Force Awakens a year ago because we'd just done a big Star Wars retrospective, which you can go back and listen to every single episode of the Star Wars saga and us pulling it apart or loving on it, probably both. But this time around, we've been talking about a whole bunch of other things and whatever, so in terms of the podcasting world, we're not really as hyped. But also, in terms of, like, just the hype getting around, I was, I'm was i not nearly feeling it as much as Force Awakens. Where are you at with that? You're the fan. Where were you? And,
1: uh, I was excited, but it was nowhere near as big. Because it's not a part of the original saga. It's not a part of the, the story. It's a spin-off. So it's a spin-off, be, yeah. Yeah, there's no... Spin-offs just aren't prequels and spin-offs, you know? They don't do great because they're not... You're not following the same characters that you love dearly, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's the same. But because it's Star Wars, there obviously is still hype behind the series and this film in particular. And, you know, there was the midnight screening. The midnight screening did well. I worked the midnight screening. I did, so. yep. Yep. So, yeah, I think I think there was definitely... There's definitely still, still hype around it.
0: It's still big. Like, it's Star Wars. It's still yep. going to be big. But I... I mainly saw it in terms of like last year when I was trying to get my IMAX tickets for Force Awakens, I had to be on the IMAX website at the exact time that they went on sale. And I had, you know, a computer, I had my phone, I had a laptop, I had, and, and then I was also on the phone trying to get through, I was on, call, on, on hold with it, trying to get tickets to the midnight screening and they sold out within, you know, seconds. And I was able to get a ticket, I think, for the Thursday night or something like that. Jesus. This time around, I was like, you know what? As much as I really want to watch this in IMAX, I'm not going through the uh, the personal stress that that put me through. <laughs> and I'll just go see it at Hoyts or something like that. And, you know, it'll still be busy, but whatever. I, w- I went on there on the day that they went on sale. I went on, like, later at night, about 6 o'clock at night, and just just to check what the sales were like, what sort of seats you could still get. And I found a session today, which is Friday. So two days after it's been released or a day. And there was the 12 o'clock session. and still had plenty of seats available. Now IMAX Force Awakens, you couldn't get a seat for two weeks last year. So yeah, it was like pretty much sold out the whole way through. It was, it might've been a week. It was something crazy, like something stupid, And they were like doing sessions around the clock. Like every three hours there was a session. You could go to a three o'clock in the morning, a six o'clock in the morning. I don't think they're as crazy with this one. So that's kind of where the hype levels are at. And I understand, you know, Force Awakens, episode seven, we're finally advancing the story. This one's definitely not advancing the story. We all know how this one ends. Let's
1: talk about it. I want to talk about it so bad. I've been holding off... I can't post anything on Facebook and like, talk about it with you. It is like, I'm like, blue balling so hard right now. Like As we're doing this, my balls are blue. My film balls. My, okay. my movie talking balls. <laughs> well, why I don't, don't you, you splurge
0: plot. into everybody's ear and tell them the plot of Rogue One. A Star Wars story.
1: Rogue One follows Jyn Erso, the daughter of the scientist who's created the Death Star. Jin's rocking up, the Rebels find her, they want her to find her dad or help find her dad to figure out what's going on because her dad has sent a defected pilot to the Rebels to let them know that they're building a, a super weapon, the Death Star, and that there's a, there's a message with him. Blah blah blah. They meet a bunch of people. They find the message. The message tells Jin, "Hey, hey kid, just so you know, uh, there's a there's a spot in the Death Star that I've made that can make it blow up entirely. But you have to find the actual schematics, which are on an archive on this planet. Scarif or Karee? I don't know. Scarif? I don't know. I can't even remember. I just saw the film like literally 20 minutes ago. Yeah. But they had to. They got to go to the planet and get the Death Star plans to deliver them to Leia, which is the start of the New Hope. So they go to the planet and they go to get the plans and." as uh, the dad dies and as they get the plans they blow up because the Death Star blows them up but they give the plans to Leia obviously as we all know everyone dies um, the end That's
0: and there's a, a new hope
1: and there's a new hope that is the general plot I don't want to go into too much detail even for people um, like on like this because I just I don't want to wreck anything like I don't want to wreck little bits I want to talk about them
0: okay well you know? let's talk about them where do you want to start?
1: I want to start with Jin. As as we always start with the lead, I think, characters we always talk about. I actually have a gripe with Jin. Yep. Um, I don't think she's that crash hot, to be quite honest. I came into this film and after Ray, who is probably the the polar opposite, or not polar opposite, but Ray's very strong, independent. She's got Ray nice she's is naive. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Naive
1: and, yeah. and sweet and kind to everyone, but she's she's a you know, she's a boss ass bitch. Jin Jin's had a really rough past, um, just like Ray has, but but like Jin, Jin kind of a little, a little different. She's kind of very pessimistic in comparison to Ray's optimism. And the thing that bothered me more importantly about Jin is that she never really is given that much time to shine. And that's really disappointing. And what I'm talking about is the whole point is Jin's the lead and that, you know, you're trying to, these empowered characters or, you know, an active protagonist, you would say. Jin isn't very active. She does a couple of things, but for the most part, the plot follows... We see her getting rescued and saved and um, told what to do by everybody else. Mm. Um, almost sort of like had Katniss syndrome, except she's less annoying because Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss is arguably the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, I don't know. She gets rescued... at the, So the very beginning when she's a child, Forrest Whitaker saves her, and then she's getting she gets rescued by the rebels, yeah. and then Cassian takes her on the mission, and then Forrest Whitaker... Um, helps her and then her dad tells her what to do and then Forrest Whitaker tells her to leave and then Cassian saves her on the... She's not even flying the ship, which I thought was really disappointing, but she's not even flying the ship, so she's just escaping. She goes to the Rebel Alliance. They're not, like... At the whole way through the film, even at the end when the bad guy, the director, I forget his name, goes to kill Jin, she gets saved by Cassian. Like, she doesn't actually... She doesn't actually do anything herself. She, I mean, she climbs and she's the one that delivers the plans. But gotta say,
0: she's the one who you know transmits. She's the. But I mean, she, like
1: it's after everyone else sacrifices themselves for her, she transmits the plans. Like mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of people that suffered, like like that, people that did a lot. She isn't on the on the higher end, which was disappointing. You know, like that was actually something I I took note of kind yeah. of immediately after watching it.
0: Yeah. Look, I um I didn't really notice it as much as you're saying but you're definitely right like she she very much is just along for the ride for most of it i found that i quite liked her pessimistic ways like i like the fact that i love
1: how she's i love how cranky she is
0: like i love that she was like you know i've never had will she say something like i've never had the luxury of having a political opinion or view or something like i think that's great because that's kind of where i am (laughs) i don't really care she doesn't care she's just living her life doing what she does and obviously gets turned around through all the things that she finds out after finding the hologram of her dad and talking to what Forrest would have t- And I thought there was enough of a progression there. She's not a particularly strong character. Um, I, I, I didn't mind the character so much as I don't really care for the actress. I'm not particularly oh, really? a fan of Felicity Jones, um, I, I liked her in The Theory of Everything, but I just saw her in Inferno, and I thought she was absolutely horrible in that, and I know it was probably more her character in that one, but I came in, after seeing Inferno, I, I actually was just a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this girl, and I don't, I don't really like watching her that much. Mm. Saying that, I didn't hate her, like, I just, she, she kind of came across as okay to me. I really liked her role.
1: performance. I really enjoyed her performance. I like Jin. I think Jin's cool. What they I don't like how they didn't give her the opportunity to be more. Because she's really implied to be she's a rogue. Like she's implied to be this thief. Like she's had to defend for herself. All she
0: really does is just say a few, you know, like enlightening speeches and that kind of, you know, turns people's opinions and then she eventually sends away the message. That's really all she does. Like everyone else does everything around her. Now that you're pointing it out, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm aware of that.
1: And while and while it's frustrating, don't get me wrong. I still like the character. I just wish she was given more of an opportunity to be active. You know, that was kind of something I really wanted to see more of.
0: Yeah, I agree. And but I honestly just felt like the two mains, like even Cassian, is that the the Mexican yeah. guy? Like I just found them quite just bland. As yeah, as like it's, what? It's Gareth and, and, Edwards, and man. You're...
1: It's Gareth Edwards. It's who it is. He's such a asshole bitch. I I don't oh I don't like Gareth Edwards very much. Sorry.
0: Oh, no, I disagree. I think Gareth Edwards has done a great job here. I just don't think that uh, what they've done with those characters is good. I I really like Gareth Edwards as a a director. Don't get me
1: wrong. I, I really hate Godzilla, but I just...
0: And um, no, I don't. Talking, I really like. Godzilla. I'm talking
1: specifically about the characters. Gareth Edwards has done this. He did the same thing in Godzilla. The oh, same it's thing but, in come on!
0: It's not nearly as bad as what he did with the main guy in Godzilla.
1: No, it's you're true. It's yeah. you're right. But I'm like. <laughs> but I know where you're coming from. What I'm saying is this: like, he's given that the two mains are quite dry. I still like Cassian. I think Cass, Cassian's one of my faves. Um, but like the whole uh, cast is great. I love I all of them.
0: Yeah, I, but no, no. See, this is my problem. I don't particularly like Diego Luna and I don't like Felicity Jones. So they're, they're and when I say I don't like them, I'm just, I don't, I, I think they're okay actors. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think they're yeah. bringing what they could have liked. I know Rooney Mara was up for the role of Jin which yeah. she's a fucking awesome actress that would have been so much more and she kind of looks like Felicity Jones but can emote more I just feel like Felicity Jones' face was just blank for most of the time and I feel like um, Diego's face was blank a lot of the time as Cassian. and and what they're doing and, and stuff I'm 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 feeling for the characters and getting into them but I just don't feel that they were bringing it like yeah. I, and and you you might be right it might be gareth it might be him bringing it in because we like gareth, what gareth does good is like the big stuff like seeing yeah. all the planets and the big fight scenes and you know like he did with Godzilla when Godzilla was doing stuff it was awesome it was the in between stuff that wasn't as much um, but yeah I don't know I I feel like the two main characters were quite just just dry to me, whereas I really liked a lot of the people that were surrounding her. Him, the
1: Entourage uh... is that that band like what okay, this is something I want to talk about. The yeah. whole thing about Star Wars and, and creating obviously from a franchise that started like decades ago is that you you embellish and you grab nostalgia. Now the big thing about The Force Awakens was how much it was familiar to to episode 6 rather than the the prequel trilogy. Now, I'm going to put this out there. This film in how it it grabs the tone and sort of the the feeling of the like a new hope in particular is far greater in this film than it ever was in the Force Awakens. And one of the things that they do is because their cast, like their main cast is Freaking phenomenal! The characters they've chosen for the story, like it is not a mirror of of um of A New Hope. Like there's no wisecracking cowboy, you know, or a Jedi, or a you know. There's just this. It's just this perfect, colorful combination of different people, which is what the New Hope had. Like this colorful combination of different characters from different backgrounds working together. And here it is again, and it just worked so well. I was so f like they're just all of them. I like all of them. Ah,
0: it was great. (laughs) I loved um, the blind guy the best. Oh my God. His Um, scene,
1: his action scene was mind blowing. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. What the hell? And it
0: was a really fun way of like referencing the Force as well. Like, I'm glad there were no lightsabers other than Vader later, which we'll talk about. And it, it, this, because this is really just about the normal people in this yeah. world surviving against the onslaught of the Empire, which is what I want to see. Um, it it really stacks the odds against them and you really feel that. You're really like, how do they get these plans? Even though we all know they do, we all know they beat and they blow up the Death Star. But I felt like watching the film, I was doubting that it could actually happen because these characters were you know, put in a world that's so well-crafted that yeah. I believe that it's hard you know <laughs> yeah. they can they can't just you know force will somebody to do something they can't you know grab things with the force they can't use a lightsaber to to, to deflect bullets like the bullets kill them the bullets will kill them i and think the blind great.
1: man the blind man's a good example where he's sort of the perfect combination of skill and he works for what he has And faith. he's yeah and and his faith in the force is yeah. something that allows him to sort of it's it's sort of like it adds to what he has rather than being entirely what he has. That's exactly, what, and,
0: that's, and that's what I'm saying. It gives you a taste of this world that we know is yeah. to come, is to, be, is to come back like the world of the Jedis and the Force and all that, which is all what A New Hope is about. Yeah. And this one, there's, it's still around, but it's not really a thing. And, you know, it could be the Force that's saving it. It could just be, you know, blind luck. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Yeah,
1: and this is one of the things I like, I'm going to bring up the Vader fight now just quickly is... Um, I don't want to talk about it too much, but the Vader fight, he comes in and it's brilliantly executed, but basically he's decimating everyone. He like destroys
0: them and it's so and good. so but that's in one
1: comparison, thing. in comparison, the bl- the fight the blind man has is equally as amazing where he's yeah. fighting off stormtroopers. The difference being though, you can compare those two and the blind man is it, like, like, he is trying the whole time. Like yeah, he's making yeah. an attempt. And these are two scenes which are meant to express how brilliant like how how well these characters can do in this situation right Mm -hmm. and I can watch both of them and go they're so different because Darth Vader goes in and looks like he doesn't even care this blind man goes in and he's trying he just has the force to back him and it's such a great way to create a brilliant great white you know Jaws villain of this looming thing that can't be stopped Uh and to create a, a hero that has to care, but is it has, has the push. ability to yeah. do well. It's so sick.
0: No, oh I, I agree, and that's what I'm saying. As a viewer, I understand that this blind guy could die in this scene. Like, he's no, yeah. he's nobody to us at this point. He, he's coming out, he's kicking some ass. There's a good chance that he'll probably get shot by the end of it. And he doesn't. And it's like, wow, what a badass. Vader, yeah. I know Vader's going to kill all those people. The way he walks in, it's just like, you, you guys are done. Oh, uh, it's,
1: it's the best <laughs> sequence I've ever seen. Like, that is just pure brilliance. That one scene... Just just sold me Like that was so amazing That once I was That blew my mind Vader He comes in Yeah man yeah. they just the, the darkness It's literally Like the, the aesthetic Is just perfect Like mm-hmm. it, that is a new hope like, God, this film is just the best homage to New Hope I've ever seen. Yeah, and just like the way it's pure dark and the lightsaber is the only source of oh, light it's was so just cool. and the way my favorite part is he just effortlessly glides through and takes them all down. We've never seen Darth Vader do that, by no, way. Like, no,
0: and that's and that's you know, that's it. We, we're finally at a point now in technology wise that we can portray yeah. what Darth Vader really is. And I'm glad that we got this chance. Like when he force throws that guy into the roof and then just takes all their <laughs> their guns oh, off I'm him. I'm like, oh. God damn. It's so cool. Nerd boner and all over the place. Such
1: a brilliant. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. But I mean, like, Back to the original cast as well. I think they just... I don't know. I think they really nailed it. I think they really got a, a perfect combination. My only gripe with it is I don't see them interact enough. Like, I want to see more of them. Mm. You know, I want to yeah, see more... Yeah, they don't. There's
0: not much camaraderie, really, is it? Yeah. like they, they come together at the end for, for a greater cause, but they're not really buddies like the original group that's And that's, and that's what I...
1: I mean, like, well, at the end of the first... Uh, at the end of New Hope, they're not all buddies. Like, Han is still a bit of a dick. He saves the day, but he's a bit of a dick. I'm just saying, like, I wanted to see... There's a lot of exposition, which is my, probably my biggest gripe with this film is the amount of exposition in it. And I was disappointed that I didn't get to see these characters kind of helping each other. Like, there were, everyone was helping Jin. Cassian's kind of with Jin the entire time. And then the, the Polynesian bloke and the blind guy are together. And the robot is... Um, there and the comic relief, but they don't really come together and interact a lot. You know what I mean? Even when they are all together, they're sort of one, like it's, you know, Cassian and Jin um, having an argument while the rest are watching in the ship after they leave um, Idu, I think it is. That was sort of disappointing. That was something I wish I saw more of because the, the sort of, the ending there, that third act is just perfection, but there's not enough backing this camaraderie for me to, to put them feel, into that
0: team yeah well
1: like i i get it i still get it like i i literally a, a death like a planet killer is being made that's enough reason for i was just gonna say who- i
0: think the greater cause is enough for me to believe that they come together I but i know what you're saying they like to see them to see them become buddies and and have those moments is what we kind of crave in these sort of things um but again i think it just comes down to the two main characters just weren't at well portrayed the one one thing i really like about this star Wars and pretty much every star wars movie is, is is like you know the basis of the star wars saga is that there's this war going on right so there's yeah. the rebels versus the empire but it's not ever really about that like at least in the movies I, I feel like it's it's always about the little stories that are going on within and you know we're following the skywalkers and whatever but now we finally got a spin-off where we can see another little story, which just touches on things that you know you would only find in the ECU before, and that's something that I've I've tried to get into a little bit more since we last spoke yeah. about Star Wars. Is I've been trying to read some of the books, you know, and just getting into that extended universe stuff, and I'm really enjoying it. Like I went and read that. Um, I know it's not canon anymore, but I read the um, Moss Isle Moss Eisley stories. Oh, they're book so that you good. Rated.
1: They're so good. I I grew up with that series. Like, I can remember them still. There's the one about the Jawa who wants to fight back against the Stormtroopers. And then there's the yep. one about the Stormtrooper yep. who defects from... Because he finds out, he like hates his job, and he he's there when the Jawa goes to kill them, and the Jawa's clip's empty, so they just kill the Jawa straight up. So yep. he defects to the rebels, and he's the reason the AT-ATs are like trip over because he tells them, "I know it all." Man. It's so
0: good, man! Like that was a great, great book. Yeah, and great book. That's what, And and so it got me really excited to go into this extended stuff. And I think it's great that they're really embracing that side of this fandom yeah. because it is such a big thing. Like you said, you grew up with those stories. Yeah. But how good would it be to see those on film? So yeah. so finally we're we're getting to a point where we can see these other little stories, these other characters that aren't part of the main, you know, overarching story, and we get to see how they got how they got the plans to the Death Star and how they got all this thing. I think it's great, and and it's I do and, as well. and it's just fun to see the one little dynamic that I like between these two main characters is the fact that, you know, he's not really her friend to start with. He's there. He's he's been told to shoot her father like kill him, yeah it's not so clear cut who are the good and bad guys here we've got yeah, the re- it's not just rebels versus empire like we've got a rebel trying to kill a, a potential rebel person you know it's great. I think it's a really good uh, like little altercation between the two main characters and-, and it's great when it actually pays off.
1: one of the things I really admired about this that is that they they depicted basically a war as hell sort of situation where I mean, the empire is still bad, but you have a situation where they're they're posing these characters to be pretty impartial to it. Like Jin's very impartial. So you know, when that when they're on the rain planet, and yeah. F, I can't say and you say it, you say it. We're on the rain planet, and what happens on the rain planet?
0: Why can't you say it?
1: Because my fucking roommate's just walking around in his oh, underwear.
0: <laughs> so that's when they they fly down to you know. They find Jin's father. And
1: what happens to Jin, what happens to, to, to old mate?
0: He gets killed. Okay. Yeah, right. So he gets killed by, thank you. And that's what I'm saying as well. There's so much wrongdoing going yeah. on here. There's so much like the rebels killed him. It wasn't actually an empire, even a, a bolt that hit him. It was uh, because the rebels come in to bomb it because they don't want him to survive. And they're trying to take out the empire as well. It's, it's so ruthless. Yeah. That's Not ball. gonna
1: lie though, that's that scene I didn't like at all. I thought that was probably the worst sequence in the entire film. Was that? that what are you kidding no. me? That was so good. I thought good. it was. I thought, to be honest, I I thought. Oh the, my god. I thought the whole, I, the rain pissed me off, and I also thought that there were good moments in it, but just overall, it was probably my least favorite aspect because it's so, it's in the middle, and there's something about it that I can't. I don't like. I don't know what it is. I think it might be. There's a part where Jin pulls a stormtrooper off by grabbing his gun, and it's ridiculous. That moment, I was like, "What?" And then the death was really. I think I was. I wasn't very satisfied with that. With that outcome,
0: it was a bit confusing. It was a bit confusing at first. I wasn't sure if he was actually on the ground or not. Um, but no, I. Oh man, no, no. That's like one of my favorite oh, really? scenes. Like I think it's incredible. Like the the like them crashing. And it's, like, raining. Like, I just thought it was so dramatic. And, and I loved... I just loved the look of it. And it was cool to see, like, just how ruthless the director dude is. Um, what's his name? Yeah. Krenik. You know, he shoots all the engineers after the dad yes. admits that he's the guy who did the, yeah. you know, the, the desktop. He messed up the plans or whatever. And... I just I don't know. I thought I thought it was really cool, and then the fact that the rebels came in to bomb the thing as well was just so epic. Like seeing the seeing the X-wings come flying in and just crashing all through like, through all the rocks. And, I just I don't know.
1: There was, I don't know, man. It,
0: I thought it was a really really good, and you know, it's a big turnaround for the characters as well. As that's, that's when um, Cassian doesn't shoot the dad, that's a obviously, good and. You know, makes a decision Like, I, I don't Yeah, I was all for it I'm, sur- I'm really surprised I just, you didn't, I didn't like vibe
1: it, it. Hey, there's just something about it That really didn't appeal to me I think it just I kind of knew everything That was going to happen Like, I just got a vibe immediately Like, that whole situation I was like, okay, well It's going to be the last time Jin and um, Galen communicate And this is going to be That, like, Renick's Krenick Krenick? I've just forgotten it Yeah, Krenick White supremacist KKK leader Krenick You know, he was going to do Some nasty stuff It kind of, all the elements Were there and the, honestly, the reason I thought that was because it was raining, and generally in the film, rain signifies change, and like that's, that's rain, yeah, dramatic. and that's what I didn't like about it was I was like, okay, I know that this is going to be because it's just it's a turning point in the film, like that's what the timing is. So I'm like, oh, well, uh, that's what's going to happen.
0: I think it took me back to uh, you know the T Rex scene in Jurassic Park, and that's always a good thing.
1: Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair call. That's a fair call. Um, but I mean, like my. <laughs> My biggest, my what I will say is that I think Galen Erso, um, the scientist, was horribly underused. Like I think, I think there was so much potential to go more into depth of that because he is the driving force for this whole film, and he's referenced a lot. He's the whole thing. He's referenced a lot. He's this, this, and this. I wanted to see him make the Death Star. Like I wanted to see him create the Death Star. I was curious as to why he wasn't aboard the Death Star when like Jeddah gets hit. Like, no, first, they were, I'm just yeah, like, why is this, like, it. why not? Because when, you know, the the thing happens on the rain planet, I'm like, I'm just like, so, I'm just, I feel less for the whole situation because I'm, I, I don't, I haven't seen this guy enough. Like, where is he? He pops up at the start and then he he's in a hologram and suddenly he's he's wet on a planet. Like, I'm you like, I want to...
0: You know what? I I actually I think the reason why we're on different planes here is like I I do agree that I would have liked to have yeah. seen him a lot more because he was that actor is mm. fucking awesome, um, Mads Mikkelsen or whatever his name is, just a really good actor and I but I f- I think I got everything I needed from him just in that first scene. Oh really? Like he was so that that first scene was really well directed, I felt. I felt and and you know just portrayed by this actor. I felt like every, all the pain And what I just got, what he was going to—I knew he was gonna—he's getting taken away to do something with the. Well, obviously we knew it was going to be the Death Star, but you know, getting away to do something nefarious. But I just knew he had too much heart in him that it would be just so clear cut, and just that little bit of uh, the hologram as well. Like I don't know, the moments that he got, I think he really utilized, and they utilized with that character, but. Again, yes, I, I still would have liked to have seen it, but I did really feel it when he died. Like I was like, "Shit, that sucks." Because imagine having him on your team when you're going oh, yeah. to try to take down That's the Death it. Star. That would have been really cool. But I, I, um, one thing I, I, because you know when you when they when they just talk about how like a team of rebels got the plans and we found a weakness yeah. in the Death Stars. Um, which is which is this whole
1: the basis of this film is that one line yeah
0: is that one line yeah which is really cool but i i just always assumed and i don't know if it's ever been mentioned you you probably would know more than i do but if it's ever been mentioned that the the creator actually put a weakness in there but i always just assumed that it was like you know just rebel engineers just scoured the plans and found they're like oh they missed this spot Mm. (laughs) well how do you feel about do you think it it kind of makes it weaker or do you think it's cool
1: I thought it was genius. I thought it was brilliant because one of the biggest gripes and sort of criticisms that you have is how does the ultimate um, superpower in the entire galaxy have such a such a severe a screw weakness? Up, you know, and that's a, that's a yeah. like that criticism I hear all the time is how the hell did the Empire not deal with that? And so to know that it was an intentional thing, I think really covers up that problem. Like I think Gareth Edwards just fixed. Um, one of the the few problems a new hope has <laughs> decades later. You know what I mean? Like isn't that amazing? Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a that's cover really up cool. for a for that's a plot true. hole decades later. I think that's genius. Like yeah. you know and I
0: think so too. I, I think it's great too. Like don't get me wrong, I'm 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 totally on this on this train because it actually solidifies also for me the fact that the empire is so unstoppable that the only way they can beat them is from the inside. Yeah. They have to blow them up from the inside, you know, like, and they literally do that later on, but it's, you know, they don't have the forces to take them on. And like, even you, you see all like the rebel alliance, you know, all the people that are talking, they're not on the same page. Like they might have the numbers to take on a section of the Imperial army, but like in terms of warfare, they can't beat them. So they have to have all these little sneaky ways to beat them, which, you know, is prevalent throughout the rest of the saga, but this is where it kind of starts, isn't it? Yeah. This is like, because there was one guy who had the foresight to know that these guys are going to kill his whole family anyway, so he may as well do something with it. And he goes in and over years and years makes a weakness in the the most powerful weapon of all time and then is able to bring down, <laughs> bring down the Empire, basically. I think it's great. And you're right, it's covered up a massive hole that you know Star Wars fans have well like sounds like they've been bitching about for a long time yeah
1: um there's something I want to bring up and this is sort of a gripe because I'm gonna I'm about to suck this film's cock so hard and before I do that I just want to say this
0: you're not sucking it already
1: not yet but I mean like one of the things I really had a problem with and this is a Gareth Edwards thing and don't get me wrong I think he did a great job I do still not like him very much and this is why because this film is riddled with exposition dumps and they're disgusting. Like I, both times, I've seen this twice in a period of two days. The the fact that like, I'm watching a film and one of the biggest problems I have with any sort of film that has action in it is it's exposition, 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 battle. Exposition, 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 battle. And when that happens, obviously it's not very satisfying. This film does that. It's not okay in any circumstance. I don't care if it's Star Wars, it's boring. It's really boring and it does it a lot and it effs me off to no end. Like, I can think of this film in segments and I shouldn't think of this film in segments. That's pissing me off. Thinking about, thinking about this film in segments is making me mad. There's that sequence at the start and then there's talking between um, Cassian mm. and Old mate at the beginning And then there's all the dialogue At the very beginning And that's fine Because it's a little bit I'm like okay The pacing at the start Is horrid as well The pacing before Jeddah is just the, Is dreadful It chops all over the place But anyway I, it, It's just like So much talking Jin gets rescued. She's in the rebels. Talk, 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 talking, talking, talking in the spaceship before they leave to go to Jeddah. Talking on the outskirts of Jeddah before they get in Jeddah. Talking in Jeddah before anything happens. Like I'm watching it, and it's not like talking's bad. It's when it's a lot that it, that that infuriates me, you know. And I'm watching a sequence, and I'm like, why on earth do I need to be told this? Like, why mm. is this being told? Like, I don't understand. And I had to, it took me kind of, the second screening, I was watching things and picking more up where I'm like, okay, that's why they said that. And that's why they said that. But it's still way too much.
0: I was going to say, I'm sure you would have picked um, up. Yeah. And,
1: and that was really disappointing.
0: It's just, it's interesting that you're saying that because this is usually, this is usually something that I'll yeah. bitch about. I, um, you know, I don't like exposition dumps at all, but I didn't really notice it. I didn't notice it at all. I, I actually thought it was quite yeah, well paced. Yeah. I, I felt like when the movie ended, I was like, oh, shit, that's it. I was like, oh, we're done. Okay, crap. But I can see how you would see it as in segments because there are really, really good scenes after scene after scene. But I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't so notice like, it like that. So, like, for
1: me, right? So, the whole thing is they've got to go to Jenna to find Guerrero, Forrest Whitaker. I don't understand why I need to hear all this talk about it. Like, why can't... Like, why couldn't it even just be... Like, these rebels need to find Guerrero. Like, they need to. So why wouldn't they capture her and it's just Cassian in the ship with Jin, and that's where they meet for the first time and he's just telling her what they're doing as they get there. And suddenly they're in this fight. Like, I'm sure they could have done that and it had been convincing. But instead it's like three Mm. different dialogue scenes where they're talking and I'm like, what the hell? Because once they're in Jeddah, once they're in the city, it is just the tits. Like, Jeddah is just That is some of the coolest stuff. It's the first like real battle we see. It's the first real sort of impact. And it just blew my mind. It goes from one crazy fight scene that's like replicating war in the Middle East to replicating like Japanese martial arts film, Chinese martial arts film with IP Man or Ip Man, whatever his name is with the blind fight. And then they get captured by Forrest Whitaker and there's this relationship and it's all great. And then fucking Jeddah blows up. Like it just blows up, okay. And then they're on a ship, and I'm like, that is amazing. And I learned so much about every character in that situation. I I learned. I learned everything that I needed to know about all those characters in that one sequence. I learned about Cassian. I learned about what Cassian's like willing to do because he blows up um, Sol Guerrero's men. I learned about Jin and that she's heroic and that she's talented because she saved that little girl. I learned about the pilot because the pilot's defected and he's scared and he goes through all this pain. I learned about the blind guy and I learned about his friend.
0: Hold on. Saving the little girl. Did you like that? I thought it was a bit on the nose. I
1: mean, like, Gareth Edwards... Likes Japanese culture a lot. And so when I saw that, I'm like, that's the scene from the Pacific. Like, I've seen that shot in the Pacific, basically. But the kid dies. And I'm like, "Ah!" Oh. And there's another shot in the film that looks just out of the Pacific as well. Like, there's a lot of Japanese culture in this film. The mountain at the start, I'm pretty sure is in Japan. Like, you've got the Japanese blind... I'm pretty sure it's Japanese. The blind man. The fight at the end is in the Pacific. Like, the fight at the end is in the Pacific. And they're all dressed up like green... Like They look like US soldiers, if you look at them, like Marines from World War II, some of them. like They've got proper helmets on and stuff. There's a lot of it. But yeah, that scene was great, but why am I listening to so much talking? Like, F, please stop. It's two and a half hours long. I love Star Wars as much as the next person. I don't let people chat in a room. I want to see more. I want to be active in this story. Not watching Jin be upset at Cassian
0: (laughs) yeah I guess it's just setting up the whole rebel thing I don't know I didn't really notice as much as you but you saw it twice I'm sure I would see it if I watched it again but you're right those scenes are really cool and one thing I, I do really like about you know seeing another side of the Star Wars universe is being able to see other sides of the Star Wars universe like the the different like planets that we see so we get the you know jada which is all desert and metal east and then we get the rain planet i can't remember what it's called but it's really cool and then you get the final scene which is on some pacific planet that looks like i don't think we've ever seen anything like that in the star wars universe before have we no and and that's just it's just so pretty and it's good to watch but it doesn't feel like it's earth either like there's something just other planetly about it. And I think they did a really good job at just setting up this universe as a bigger thing again, because we always, you know, we always see Tatooine. We always see similar sort of planets, but now we've got this whole other side of things, which I really appreciated. Like how good is that last fucking sequence? The third act is just next level. That's, That's what this whole movie is based around is this crazy storming the beach scene. Yeah. And, it's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is it is spectacular. Like that the third act has is genius. Like everything comes together. You've got every feeling. Like, man, the ending just gives me gooseys. Do you want to let's talk about the characters' deaths. Let's talk about so they all die, for one, all the all of our leads, yep, obviously. Which I love all the rebels on the planet die. And they all kind of each get a, a sort of well deserved, well respected death. So the robot who I've K something, he, K2, his death. Yeah. Gets shot up and he saves the day, seals he's, the door. He's sealing
0: the door off from the store troopers, yeah.
1: Bodhi is, you know, Bodhi, an...
0: which by the way is one of my favourites. He, he's him and Ray. the blind guy are my two favourite characters. I was actually devastated when he died. Yeah. <laughs> he's in, he's in the transport, and the does a grenade come in? Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is the thing, though. This is the only thing I don't like. Everybody blows up except the robot.
0: Mm, like, it's all grenades, yeah.
1: It's all grenades. And, like, I get it because it's epic. Like, to shoot one of these characters would be a bit of an insult, I feel, because they're so, like, I feel like it's just this grandness to them. But, like, Bodie's death I liked because Bodhi's death was very sudden. Like, and yeah. there was, like, he didn't... It wasn't planned, and I like that because war is hell. And then...
0: Yeah, Um, I I honestly thought he would get out. I thought somehow the ship would get out. I I don't know. I always had that in my head. So for him to die was quite devastating because I liked him. He was always a little bit bumbling, a little bit unsure of things, but had a good heart. It was just cool.
1: And I like, you know, the blind man's death was great. Like that scene of him Mm. just walking is just, like that scene is amazing where he's like, I'm the... I am with 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 the the force, force, the force is with with me. (laughs) And like, and and he just goes in and and it's just that, oh, it's so satisfying. Like it's going to be one of my... My favorite things, but again, like he blows up, and then the last guy blows up, and I'm just watching a bunch of people blow up, and I'm like, man, come on.
0: Yeah, like, we haven't really what? talked about the the bounty hunter. The, like he's pretty cool, and they've got like him and him and the blind guy have a really good thing going on. Yeah,
1: they've got a great relationship. Their dynamics excellent to watch on screen. Yeah, basically. they're probably the
0: best the best relationship in the. They're like movie. protectors
1: of the Jedi Temple, but they. Aren't Jedi? They're just they freedom fighters, basically. Like they just believe in the Force. And mm. his his
0: friend doesn't really he doesn't until yeah until he sees what. Happens. Well, he
1: was a guardian for ages, and I think he'd lost his faith in the Force. Is what is kind of indicated because he's like they make a comment that he used to be one of the best, and now he isn't. Mm. Um, and that end bit where he's with it, like he commits, is great. And he goes out and he yeah. just basically. Like avenges his friend and gets shot, and he gets shot a bunch of dice. His death was so epic. Like I was watching. It's very very Aragon
0: in Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Just take a bunch of shots while taking out a heap of people, yeah. But another another grenade takes him out.
1: But I'm gonna say this now. You know, Jin and Cassian on the beach, that was brilliant. Like that was just amazing and what made it amazing for me is that there was no romance involved it's implied but there's no actual romantic sequence in the film so that ending man that hit me so hard of those two yeah i think so
0: too and i I, you 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 could look at some implications of romance in there but i honestly just thought it was two comrades who've saved the day they sacrificed themselves to save the day and it's a magical scene
1: It's beautiful. It's absolutely, like it is genuinely beautiful. Like I, my heart, like man, I just, it touched me because they knew it's just impending and they're hugging and it's so beautiful and touching and like everything about it is just like, you just feel so much hatred and you just feel so, like you feel satisfied. Like they've done their job so you're satisfied and they've worked so hard and then you just feel this hatred for like the empire and then you just feel this like love for these characters and i'm just like man this is the only ending that could have satisfied me this way is this ending like the way these characters go is the only way they could have gone in my opinion there's no other way no other way Absolutely. Two could have gone absolutely perfection I'm so it's touched perfect, like, it's a perfect, per- perfect ending. ending perfect I, ending
0: the best thing about this final act is you know we were talking about how it, it, it's such a ragtag group of people coming together and how cool yeah. it is besides the fact that there's no uh, not as much camaraderie as we want but everybody plays their part in this and it's not like you know Fantastic Four where they all have one specific power that they think yeah. it's like the two you know Cassian and Jin run they're going for the for the data and yeah. then the rest of them are making the you know the um the dis- distraction the explosion well, Bodie... starting starting then Bodhi's yeah. ready he's in the the getaway car and I feel like everybody contributes in such a strong way that it feels so satisfying when they yeah, do it, it. Feels real. you know like from from the blind guy using the force to walk through all the, the laser bolts to, to you know press the um yeah. The lever or whatever, to even old mate saving him and taking out a few more of, or not saving him but avenging him and taking out a bunch of stormtroopers. To you know, Cassian he, you know, gets most of the way and then it's kind of everybody just sort of falls off to allow Jin mm-hmm. to get to the top. And I know you didn't like that particular idea of it, but I, I feel like that camaraderie comes out in that, and that yeah, makes it so strong. The symbolism
1: for... is is beautiful. Yeah, like the gr- symbolism is great.
0: Yeah. Climbing the ladder. Um, losing, you know, it's like you know, a, ro- a rocket going into space. We got to lose all the pieces yeah. just so the the main part can get to the top, and it's really cool. I don't know how I feel about the whole Cassian being the one who kills yeah, the director. See, that, it kind of sullies it a little got on my bit.
1: Tit. But like, it got on my tit simply because it was a bit tit. of a day. Felt like a dayX marketer. It's a mad slightly. Deus Ex
0: marketer, and like, I mean yeah, and even was- even even the way that you know Cassian he sort of falls off the data thing when they're climbing, yeah. and then they just show that he didn't fall all the way. It's like we know he's coming back. Yeah, it exactly. was kind of like I almost wish that we didn't see him hit something. Like I liked, yeah. like because when he's when he falls, I'm like, oh well, he's done, and then he hits a few rafters, and I'm like, oh, well maybe there is a chance here. But there was kind of a really weird shot of Jin looking down, and she wasn't really showing that emotion that I would expect this when you yeah. see somebody falling to a bottomless pit. <laughs> so I was kind of like, Oh, that's a bit weird. And then it cuts and he's just hitting something 10 meters below. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, okay. Well, you know, the minute that she was backed up on that platform, yeah, like you knew did. that it was coming. And, it is a little bit of a letdown, but I, I, I am glad that it is her that is the one who sends the plans because at the end of the day, that's the major blow here. Um, yeah. And I think you've got to remember that.
1: And it's it's really satisfying. Like, that whole sequence is just great. That It's so pretty. It, it feels like I'm in the thick of it too. Like, when you I watch do, it, yeah. I'm in the thick of that fight, man. Like, I'm just, and just this is, in it.
0: And this is where I love Gareth Edwards. Like, when we're doing this, and he did this with Godzilla as well, like, every time that at the end of Godzilla, when they're having the fights with the monsters and whatever, yeah. like you feel like you're there. Like he's always yeah. shooting up. He's always, you know, it's, it's just, he's just really good with his camera when it comes to very, action very sequences gritty. and things like that. And his is this is exactly it. Like I've heard that they, they actually build like a 360 set So he could get in there with the camera and just shoot wherever the hell he wanted to. So you actually felt like you were immersed, and that's awesome. And you and you feel it like you've just said it. It's you feel like you're there. I have to tip my hat because it's very, it's very Spielbergian. A lot of this, like I I got like feelings of Saving Private Ryan and things like that. Like yeah, no,
1: he's 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 channeled a lot of. The Pacific War Like a lot of this Feels like a war film A lot yeah. of it The sound design wh- Whizzing past bullets Because my I've argued And I've seen stuff online Like there's a, There was a big Like there was a big advocacy For for a Star Wars film that was shot like a war film because we just felt like it would never been done. There's always that corn to Star Wars, that mm. that cheese to it. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Whereas this is, this is shot with the grit that you want. It still keeps it, that lightheartedness. I was just going
0: to say, did you feel it still? Because I still feel like this is very Star Wars. Yeah, no, yeah. it definitely
1: is, and I love that. It, it feels like Star Wars for different reasons other than like different to The Force Awakens, but it still feels like Star Wars. But like it, it definitely channels that grit to it, and I really like that.
0: And the I, other think, thing Gareth- I think that's like a... a a, a way of channeling the characters as well because we're not yeah. with the fantastical characters we're not with the jedis we're with the people who are in the trenches and that's how it should feel because that's how they would feel
1: and one of the things i think gareth edwards does really well and this adds on to that is scale like
0: oh, man. of all the yeah. things
1: like i've got, got to give props to this guy and i i don't think i can ever really totally like him simply because I don't know how much influence he's had on this film in comparison to Disney because I know Disney told him, like, they did a lot of reshoots, a lot of reshoots, mm. and after Godzilla came out, and my doubts are still quite high. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> scale, like, Edwards does scale like I've never seen. The way he utilises the star destroyers, there's literally a shot where a Tie fighter flies into frame, and then a star destroyer flies into frame, and then the Death Star flies into frame. Yeah. And I've never seen a better use of. Hey, this is how big this stuff is. Better than that, the 8080s. Like, yeah, they feel big in Empire, but when you watch this, oh, you man. know they're massive. Like those things are huge.
0: Like one of their one of their them... just like their feet takes up the whole yeah. screen. That scene when they come in is just next level and again that's Gareth Edwards what he does best yeah. and my favorite shot though was when um, Vader's star, star destroyer came in and like you know as all the the rebel um, ships are going into hyperspace and he comes out of nowhere and they just all crash into it it's so all of a oh, sudden there's this great. massive star destroyer yeah. in the screen when we've just seen like a fleet of you know other smaller ships but they look kind of big and then all of a sudden no nah, no not so big because there's a massive star destroyer. I, there, yeah. I'm
1: so glad that the Death Star was what blew up that final planet as well. Like, yeah. blew up that city. Like, that was, that is so symbolic. It's just perfect. Like, fuck, that, that, I'm not even meant to be swearing. I'm, I'm still trying not to swear if you haven't realized. Um, <laughs> that shot is just next level. Like, it's mm. just, like, that whole sequence is just perfect. The way, the, the feeling you get, the way everyone unites, the way they connect everything. Like, I reckon the worst cameo in this was C-3PO and R2-D2. I thought that was the worst one out of all of them because I felt like it was too much simply because there were so many perfect moments. The start of it, you see Blue Milk on the counter. There's Ponda Barber and his mate who... Ponda Barber's the guy that gets his arm chopped off in A New Hope in the cantina. They're in it. Yeah, and the that was they bump cool. Into
0: I liked that. Jeddah.
1: Like, there's all these fantastic little moments and they're all direct... And that is like... That is perfect nostalgia to me. The way that... men. When they're in the when the the squadron comes in and it's it's blue leader standing by, red leader standing by, gold leader standing by, and there's one line where gold leader is like, "This is gold leader. Watch those towers. Keep it tight." And it's spoken just like, and spoken through a microphone and edited to sound just like the film from the set. Like, oh my god, it just sounds exactly like a New Hope. Like. That is so amazing to me.
0: It just <laughs> well, this is touched- this is one thing I really want to talk about. Yeah, this is a good segue yeah. because the one thing that I'm hearing bad about this movie is that it's for fans. It's a fan service. It's a big thing. In fact, oh, the F- guy. In fact, in fact, the guy that I was sitting next to in the IMAX. I, you know, the credits are rolling. I'm catching my breath because I've just witnessed some of the best cinematic shit that I've seen all year. And this guy next to me. Like, especially after just seeing Vader destroy all those things and the connection to, you know, A New Hope, which we'll talk about in a sec. But, like, I'm not particularly a Star Wars fan. Like, I've turned into one because of our podcast and us talking about them a year ago. And the little things that I saw, I, like, I was geeking out over the fan service, but I thought there was just enough. And so, anyway, this guy next to me was, he was like... Ugh, I just don't think that we needed to see Vader do that. And I don't think like seeing all the other characters, it's like, they just don't need to be there. And I'm like, they're still in this world that like that's, that's what's connecting this shit to the other movies. And I was okay with it. I'm reading all over the internet. People are like, yeah, oh, fan service. Oh my God. Whinge, whinge, whinge. I'm like, is this not of like, you know, if it's not for the fans, who's it for? Is
1: this not, sorry, <laughs> sorry, just quickly. Are we making a film that's a part of a franchise with seven other films? Was it? And yeah. a TV show? Oh, okay. So there's like a huge, huge fan base. So I guess like if, if, if only fans watch this, we wouldn't need you around anyway because there's so many of us. So why don't you suck <laughs> me off, champ? <laughs> suck
0: me off. Well, can obviously, obviously, you're the fan. You, you like the fan service. You like what the other yeah, than the C3PO no, stuff. Because there
1: wasn't a heap of it. Like yeah, Darth Vader has that um that amazing sequence, and Moff Tarkin's here, and he looks fantastic, and somehow oh. they like
0: took a time machine
1: and got Carrie Fisher to come back. Hold like, on,
0: hold on, hold on. Hell? Did you think Moff Tarkin looked fantastic?
1: Yeah, people seem to have issues with the CG, but I I honestly it's to very God, Tron I, I legacy. It.
0: It's very Tron. I uh. I don't know. I think we saw him a little too much. I thought it was well done, but it's too obvious that it's CG to me. And I think what I would have rathered is if they kind of shot around it a little bit more. Like I really liked, I thought what they were going to do is is just show like the reflection of him, but I didn't realize he was going to be so much in it. Um, It is obviously when needed and it's really cool what they did with the character and added to it because it was cool to see Peter Cushing. um, But yeah, I don't know. It took me out of it a little bit. But you you were happy with it?
1: Yeah, because it did, I didn't notice it. Like, I don't know how you notice it. I might, how could you um, not notice it? it? Just, I just, didn't, I didn't pick up on it. But man, Moff oh, is wow. just such a, like a boss-ass bitch.
0: A floating head on top nah, of another person. Nah, I really looks sick. Wow. I didn't
1: even pick up on it. Maybe if I watch it for a fifth time, I'll <laughs> I was going to say, you've I mean, seen like,
0: it twice too. Carrie Fisher though. Carrie Fisher looked really good. Carrie Fisher, I think, to seeing her turn around, I was like, oh, it's not going to be old Carrie Fisher, is it? And it's like, ooh, yeah. it's young Carrie Fisher. I thought that was good because it was a quick shot and like I'm still like, oh, that's CG, but I I it worked for me. It was like it's like seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator Salvation. You don't really see enough of him for me to be like, oh fuck, it's not Arnie, but it looks enough like him in the background. Moff Tarkin took me a little bit out, but Carrie Fisher, really good. I thought, you know, the ultimate fan service is seeing Darth Vader come back and just kick some ass. I, I would have really liked to have seen C3PO and R2D2 get sort of ushered onto that ship somehow yeah. like why, how did they get onto because you know they were on the ship at the start of the next film that
1: would have this... been too much for me
0: see I, to me it makes more sense to see them just in the background of something like were they in the sh- you've seen it twice were they in the sh- were they in the cockpit where Leia was
1: no but they're not in the cockpit in the original. No, that's they're
0: true. Just, yeah, they're not, they're they're not just, actually... They're very
1: obsolete. They're well, they're not joined. even... Yeah,
0: they're not a part of it. Like, Leia doesn't even know them at this stage. She yeah. puts it into... Yeah, right. But I, I would have liked to have seen them in the background when those Rebels are all running around there rather than that shot that we do see them because that, to me, is connecting. Like, where they were was kind of like, oh, they're on the base there, but...
1: I think... I agree. I just think they shouldn't have been in it at all. I think I think it was just a, it was just too much. Like, there <laughs> like so cinema. many great... I, it wasn't I like him. that. A that much of a crazy issue, but yeah. I also think that the sequence where Darth Vader is talking to Krennic on that lava planet should have been cut out completely. Because... Yeah,
0: well, because he didn't really need. I thought that was going to be the only thing we saw of him, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, if that's the Darth Vader thing, I guess. But if, the fact that we see him later, we don't need it. Should
1: it should have been another scene with Tarkin, or it should have been like Tarkin should have been saying like, you need to sort it out. And then, because when he's, like, informed Vader at the end, like, that's such... Like, that... Imagine if the first time you properly see Vader, he doesn't say a word. He just rocks up on that ship and is cutting people up. Like, that... That would have been... That would have been the coolest thing ever. But because I've got this whole dialogue beforehand, it's not like... It's not any less amazing, but I think... I think that scene isn't necessary. Um, Mm. And while Vader... It shows Vader being a boss bitch. I've got two villains right now, Krennic and Tarkin. And... Vader, especially in The New Hope, Vader is the muscle. Like, Vader is yeah, the muscle in a New Hope. Yeah. Tarkin is... Tarkin's the, the Krennic. And, and like, so I'm like, it's good to see Vader be the muscle again. So I don't need him to be, you know, super, super evil. I, I'd rather see him... I'd rather see him be... I don't know. I, I want a more... A less from that. But, I mean, I, I'm surprised too because Gareth Edwards generally gives us, like, you know, only a percentage, like a small percentage of what we want to see.
0: Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm surprised. which is good i think i think he did the right amount um now that we're talking about that vader scene it it definitely could have been cut and it could have just been like a hologram or yeah like or if we're going to see a little bit more of vader it's more of showing how vader is you know working his way up the ranks or something like that um but look the way it ends is just too fucking perfect for me in terms of fan service and if you don't like that you don't deserve to be watching a Star Wars movie you know what I mean like it's such a perfect connection to a new hope like it literally it's right at
1: it's at the beginning of a new hope yeah like
0: seeing them run through the hallways and stuff you're like oh here we go perfect sense of urgency
1: yeah that third act is just sublime look I'm ready to wrap this puppy up if you are
0: I just want to talk about one more character we didn't manage to, st- yeah, yeah, to yeah. stick in there, and that was Forrest Whitaker's character, how do you feel about him?
1: Uh too much. It was a bit too much. To he was way honest.
0: over the top, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, like, that. The, that the, there's a bit where like, he breathes from his oxygen mask and it snaps back into place and it's just so stupid. Like, oh, I
0: didn't mind that sort of stuff. I didn't, I didn't mind the way that he looked and I didn't mind the way- like, Run! what, what- <laughs> Chin! Yeah, it was just the way he talked. Man, yeah. I, I couldn't help but make connections to Battlefield Earth when he was doing that shit. That just reminded me of that horrible movie. Oh my God. And yeah. that's not yeah. a good thing. That was, um, it was only a little a good... gripe. It's probably my weakest thing of the film, which uh, yeah. is something we should talk about now in terms of the good, the, the bad, bad and the ugly of Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs>
1: The good. My good is the nostalgia, like, the perfect amount of nostalgia. Like, that is my good. That'll be my good today.
0: Good one. There's a lot of
1: good. A, a good, of good one.
0: A good one. Good. My good was that vader scene. nostalgia. Just Vader being a badass. I don't oh, yeah. care. It was awesome. What's bad? your bad? My bad. Uh, Ooh, what yeah, is my bad? Yeah, you go first. <sighs> you go first. I've got to think on this one.
1: My bad would have to be the exposition stuff. Actually, yeah, that's my bad. I'll make that my bad. Um... That was that. That wasn't okay. That was pretty bad. That was. It took me out of the film. I was bored at, at the first screening sometimes, which was not okay. Anyway, that's my bad.
0: Okay, I'm sort of balancing between my ugly and my bad, but I think my bad is Forest Whit- Whitaker's voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair.
0: <laughs> um, ugly. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just go on because my ugly was. But my my ugly is probably what is kind of done with those two main characters. I'm not. I'm not. happy with it, as much as I like what they do and who they are and whatever, it might be the actors, it might be the exposition stuff that you're talking about, but there was just something that didn't quite sit with me, and for our main characters to not be there I'm a little bit disappointed, especially after how cool Rey was in *Force Awakens*. You know, I'm, and, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna make those comparisons when you have the two female protagonists in a Star Wars movie because they're really pushing that shit at the moment. And Rey just shits all over Jin, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it, at least in performance and, and character development, that's my ugly. What do you got?
1: Um, I'm gonna say mine would have to be Galen. I just think he should have been—he should have been way more than what he was. Yeah. I was not satisfied. I think more. I think too much emphasis went on Forrest Whitaker and not enough went on Galen.
0: Right. Yeah, swap, you are. You're right. Actually, like wow.
1: I think if that—I yeah. think if that was swapped, I'd probably be a lot happier.
0: Ah. Um, no, that's a good but, call. Yeah, a good call. All, All right. right. Well, you're the fan. Let me let me leave your thoughts till the end. Okay. I'll 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 okay. take I'll take point here. Look, I loved this. I loved it. I walked out and I was just like beaming. I I felt I. I don't know if I was in the same sort of glee that I came out of The Force Awakens with, but this one, I just thought it was a good addition to the Star Wars universe. Even though we know the story, we know where this ends, we know where it starts. It's it's fine. It's, it's just a really cool thing that they're doing here. And this is... It is a fan service, and that's fine. But other people could come and watch this, and have never even seen a Star Wars movie. And this is a standalone thing, which is pretty like standalone-ish as it goes. Like you don't need to watch the other ones to to follow this. You just know that they're building a giant death machine that needs to be stopped. Go and enjoy the laser battles. You know, it's it's just a lot of fun. I I thought the pacing was pretty good. I I like the worlds. It's just fun to be back in this universe in a different side of the universe away from the Skywalkers and all that. I give it a four out of five.
1: Nice, 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 nice. Look, I loved it. I thought it was great. It's got its problems. Actually, I didn't think it was... I think I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I didn't think it was amazing. I thought it was great. I think it does a lot a lot of things right. I think it also, though, um, unfortunately does a lot of things bad. And well, not bad, but just not as good as they could have been. I think stuff that Edwards had a lot of input in stops this film from being like it like just mind blowing you know the exposition dumps are probably the biggest thing and the use of Galen those and and sort of and sort of the character development are things that I really stop me from just like just like coming because this film like if those things were fixed and they're very easy fixes, if they were fixed, I think this film would be perfection like i I, I honest to god think this film would be perfect because there is not a lot wrong with it but those things really hold it back other than that and the soldiers fantastic the, the, this is the best looking star wars i've ever seen it's oh, gorgeous it's so good. i think it's it's the perfect amount of referencing to prior films and prior knowledge for fans and i think it's the perfect amount of new and new characters and a new entourage and a new story and i like the concept i think it's brilliant i think it's excellent gets a four out of five from old con daddy
0: Mm-mm-mm. very nice it's interesting to think uh you know, you said there is a lot of problems with this film from your perspective. Mm. And I wonder what the problems were before the reshoots. Yeah. That would be yeah. something interesting to I into. would
1: be interesting to hear, like, to, to find out. What's mm. next week, Fish?
0: Next week we have our Boxing Day Bonanza. Oh, Yay! God. It's going to be I a big wait. one. We're, we're, yeah. we're reviewing a bunch of movies all in one day. We um, are actually going to be... An, At the same place, though, we're going to be doing this personally together. I'm going to be with Connor up in Gold Coast in Brisbane. And on Boxing Day, we're going to the movies a lot. So what we're going to try and do is review the movies in between screenings. Uh, We'll see how it goes and see if it works. But, yeah, get on board, go see some movies, and we'll talk about it next week. Until then, happy... Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas,
1: everybody. It's been a great year. We've actually had a really good year for podcasts. We hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Fish has enjoyed it. We love you very much. Follow us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean. You know the drill. Play the music, Fish.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Fish and Connoisseur Movie. Fish and Connoisseur Movie does not own any rights to the film Rogue One, a Star Wars story, its marketing, or its soundtrack, and no infringement is intended. The track The Imperial Suite is performed by Michael Giacchino, and the track The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly Titles is performed by Ennio Morricone.